Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you.
depths of my heart The veil in between was torn apart Now you hold the keys to the grave Cause you bring things to life You roll stones away All praise to the Lord most Darkness. 
stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. Would you do me a favor and just turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. I don't know about you, but every now and then I think we find ourselves in a dark season of life. It's crazy how dark it's getting right now. I go home from work and immediately I think I have this, these things I want to get done and it just doesn't happen because it gets dark and I don't feel like doing it. Some places actually regulate darkness or regulate light or the lack of light. They limit what's called light pollution. They have these photometric plans that they institute and they Anytime that you build something or you add on or you want to add some lights, they check out how much light is it going to add to this place. And there are cities who do this and, and, and try to prevent a lot of light from being added. And some of these cities apply for this certain status. It's called a, a dark sky community. And this designation, is, it's a pretty involved process that they have to reach out and a lot of things that they have to show. There's only 20 such communities in the United States. They purposely choose that darkness, right? Sometimes we find ourselves in dark places, though, and it, we have no idea how we got there. Sometimes. All of a sudden, God feels distant. You can't hear him. You can't see him. And you're not convinced maybe that God sees you. Maybe you start to wonder, does he even care? Has anybody been in a dark season like that recently? 
Well, that's what I want to speak to today. I want to speak to this idea when God seems to be silent in your life. Where do we turn? There was a time in our history, in our faith history, like that in our Bibles, it's often represented by just a single page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. When we're in the Bible and and we go from the Old to the New Testament, it's just a, a page turn. We're in Malachi, the, the last Old Testament prophet, right? And then you turn the page and instantly you're in Matthew. It takes less than a second to do that, but you know from history that this portion, this period of time is far longer than that. It's over 400 years long. That's the amount of time that passes from Malachi, Old Testament, to Matthew's account in the New Testament. And in this time, there is no recorded word from God that we know of, right? No recorded prophet speaking. No words from God relayed through someone. Nothing. Just 400 years of silence. And if you think about that, if you wrap your head around that, right, that's longer than we've been a nation, right? Could you imagine no message from God longer than we've been a nation. That doesn't seem to be like God, right? If you read the Bible, we're constantly reading how about how he reaches out. It starts in Genesis 1, nine times it says, and God said. And God said, let there be light, right? We see those accounts. God was speaking. God speaks throughout the Old Testament. He speaks to Moses through a burning bush. That's what we're going through in our discipleship class. God speaks through the prophets like Isaiah, and the word is brought to the people. He's speaking, and then all of a sudden, though, there's silence. And sometimes we find ourselves in seasons of silence. Sometimes it's for different reasons, though. It could be that we've moved away from him, right? Sometimes it's a choice that we make. We have the account of the parable of the lost sheep. And one of the hundred leaves the flock, right, and, and, and wanders off. And I don't think it's something like that sheep was mad at the shepherd. I think it's an instance where that sheep started to wander. And maybe wandered a little bit further and a little bit further. And then all of a sudden it finds itself separated from the shepherd, separated from the flock. It's easy to miss a Sunday, right? And then you miss a couple Sundays. And before you know it, Sharon's calling you or texting you, right? (laughs) Praise God. We do that for a reason. Because we know how easy it is to develop a pattern and get away from God. You just start getting on your own, doing your own thing, and before you know it, you're not only distant from the church, not only distant from your church family, but you're distant from God. And sometimes we get off mission, right? Sometimes we move away from the light into that darkness. Other times it's a test meant to help us grow or teach us something. Maybe God has allowed it, right? You to drift into that darkness to test you, to see if your faith was genuine, is real, or to point it out that it isn't. Will you lean into Him? Will you seek Him out during these times? Maybe you got into the darkness because you're just simply tuning Him out. Right? That's easy to do. Married people might recognize this. Your, your spouse is trying to talk to you while you're watching the game or, or the Hallmark movie. And pretty soon your spouse realizes, oh, I better wait until I can just get your attention for real. Because it's not going through, right? Or maybe it's like what happened between Malachi and Matthew and you've just directly disobeyed what God has asked you to do. And in the process, your heart has become callous. God comes to us. God comes to us all. And he asks us to take part in what he's doing. And sometimes we feel like we're not the right person. Sometimes it scares us. Sometimes it's just simply something we don't want to do. And so we say no to him, and we put distance in between us. And our heart starts to develop that callousness, those scales, right? That, it gets harder and harder to hear from him the more times that we say no. It's a scary place to be if you have a callous, hard heart. 
Watch out for that, right? Ephesians 4.18 talks about that place. The people were so hell-bent on sinning, so determined to sin in their lives. Their hearts got hardened. And they couldn't hear the voice of God anymore. Ephesians 4.18, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. Read, read Malachi. He comes in pretty hot. And the people there are at a tipping point. He's pointing them towards life. He's encouraging them towards that, right, to make the right decisions. He's reminding them of that, but they're not listening. And I wonder, are we listening when he comes to us, right? They're bent on doing things their own way. And like we talked about that way, talked about this last week, right, God honors that choice. There's nobody in hell that hasn't chosen it, that hasn't rejected him. All right, here you go. You can get what you want, right? That's what he says. You don't want me? There you go. That's a scary place to be. And for the next 400 years, silence. Maybe that you're in the darkness because of pain or loss in your life. Something, sometimes things happen that hurt, right? There's pain in it. There's the loss of it. There's death. And it causes separation between us and God instead of us going and clinging to him, right? Or going to him, we, we pull back from that. We don't know why. Why, God, did you do this? Or why, God, did you allow this? Why is he allowing this to happen? Where is God in this moment, in this thing that I'm dealing with? And and sometimes that little gap becomes a a chasm, if we're not careful. A chasm of of grief, right? Maybe you're thinking that today. Maybe you're wondering, has God given up on me? And I just want to encourage you today. The answer to that question is no, no, no. Right? God has not given up on you. How do you know that? How, how can I say that for each and every person in here? Well, I have the story of God right here. And I read it. And I see how he pursues after us. I see the lengths that he went to, right? For us. I have the story of God's faithfulness in my hand. And even after 400 years, he still had a plan for his people. He was working in that time. He was making the way, right? He was putting that plan in motion, the greatest plan to rescue everyone. That's what he was doing in those 400 years that he seemed to be silent. If you turn to Luke's gospel, you get an understanding of what's happening when the silence, the 400 years is broken. That's what we're going to read today. Uh, I want to read this story to you. It's a long account, so I'm not going to make you stand like I usually do, but would you prepare your heart to receive God's word? Would you prepare your heart to honor God's word? Beginning at verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of, of, of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call his name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, 
And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Man, that's a statement against abortion, isn't it? He will be filled before he's even born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make men to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why it stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant for five months and remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Then if you'd skip down to verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, His name is John. And immediately... His mouth was open and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And you can read the rest later. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we recognize it as your reward. Lord, speak to us today. Soften our hearts. Open our eyes and ears so that we can hear it. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to somebody, that one person, that two people, those people that are in a season of darkness, a season of silence, where they just don't feel your presence. They don't hear your voice, Lord. And maybe it's by choice. Maybe it's by circumstances. Whatever the reason, would you just reach out to them once again? Would you help them to reach out back? Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. 400 years of silence. The word of the Lord comes through Gabriel and is spoken to Zechariah. It's fulfilled what Malachi had foretold. And there's some things in here that I just want to point out to you today. Number one, we walk by faith, not by feelings. Thank you, Doug. Right? Thank you, worship team, for, for singing that. I don't talk to Advi about what they're going to sing or anything like that. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we live by faith, not by sight. Right? So we're walking in the light squad. We can't see a way forward, right? Everything has crashed. The world is just going up in arms, right? It doesn't feel like God is there. It doesn't feel like he cares. What do you do? You keep walking by faith. Trusting in him, trusting that he's there, trusting that he, he knows what is going on and that he does care. Let that speak to you today. When Gabriel arrived, this is how he found Elizabeth and Zechariah, right? Verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. They're walking by faith on track with God, even though they're in this season right where, where it's telling them to just bail on God. They haven't heard from God for their entire life. There hasn't been a message from God for hundreds of years before that, right? But not only that, but verse 7, they were childless 
because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. There's no hope. On top of the silence, they're barren. Why has God not enabled them to conceive? I'd be asking that question, right? They're faithful. They're serving. They're doing everything that they should be doing, right? They're righteous in the sight of God. They're observing the decrees blamelessly. They're doing everything that they've been called to do. Why won't God give them this one thing? You know it was their prayer. You know it was their prayer for decades, right? You know there's shame on them in this culture. Yet they keep walking by faith. They keep choosing to walk by faith and do what the Lord asks them to do. That's what we have to do in the darkness. Keep walking. Don't let the feelings inform us. Our faith informs our feelings, right? Life will, life will hit you. Life will kick you. We keep walking by faith and trusting him. Number two, in the darkness, we must reorientate. And we do that by the word of God. That's where we turn to, right? Darkness disorientates us. How do we find our place in the darkness when we don't know which way is up? I read about this man who went scuba diving at night. And he thought, man, with all of our great inventions, with all the lights that we have and these underwater lights, he thought he was going to go in the water and he would just be able to see everything, right? He was quite shocked, though. When he went in the water, he could only see like a foot or two feet in front of him. It scared him. It disorientated him, right? He started to panic because he couldn't figure out which way was up and which way was down. He couldn't see the people that he was trying to follow. He started getting really scared. And he thought that he actually might get lost and, and die. In the darkness and water, you can't tell which way is up, right? And so he had to fix his eyes on something. He had to feel something. It was the bubbles. He could orientate himself around the bubbles by looking at them and feeling them and seeing which way they were going. And once he did that, he got his bearing. In the darkness, how do you figure out which way is up? We reorientate ourselves or we orientate ourselves by the Word of God. It shows the direction to go. That's why we give kids a compass when they graduate. We tell them, here's true north. Fix your eyes on the Word of God. That's your true north. And we tell them, hey, the world's going to tell you that it's this way, that it's this way, that it's this way, that we can't know which way it is. Forget all that. Fix your eyes on the Word of God, and it will show you the direction to go. The Word of God reorientates us in the darkness. It shows us the direction that God would have us go. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, right? A light on a path, on my path. Imagine yourself trying to navigate in total darkness through an area that you're unfamiliar with. You're going to be tripping over things, right? You're going to be moving very slowly. You're going to fall down probably. But then there's the Word of God. And if you look to it, it's a light for your feet, for this path of life. Sometimes we can find ourselves in a position where we don't know which way is right side up. Sometimes we get upside down. Sometimes we don't know which is the right position, the right direction where he wants us to go. And so we can let that freeze us. We can let that mm, distance us. God's word is what we examine, though, to see the direction we're heading. All right, I need to make an adjustment in this area, right? God's word calls me to forgive this person. I don't want to, but that's the right direction to go, and so I'll do that. I got all these crazy thoughts rushing in my head right now, and I don't know which way's up, right? I'm freaking out. I need to just get centered in on what God's word says. Make that your true north. Number three, stay connected. Stay tethered to some believers. Dark seasons want to push you out of community. They want to draw you off by yourself, right? And that's in those dark seasons when we need people, when we need community, when we need family more than ever. This is a church. 
And we are not all going to be okay at the same time. Right? We have times when we're beat down, and we have times when we're on the mountaintops. This is church. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to say everything's okay. You can say, I'm about to lose my mind. Right? I'm hurting. God put us together for just that. To bear each other's burdens, right? He planned for us to to link roots together so that when that wind comes that tries to blow us down, right, we're linked in together with other people that can help hold us up. He put us together to be on mission. He's called us to the great mission, right? That's our motto. We once were friends, but now we're family on a great mission. We can never forget that. There's something to do. We're going to be blown down at times, but if we're locked roots with people, if we're connected to people, if we're tethered to people, right, it won't stop us. If you're feeling the strength of God's Spirit in your sail, right, and you're blowing great, that's awesome. Invite somebody into your boat. That's not. Right? And they'll do the same for you when you need it. Look for the person around you that is beat down and needs a ride right now and help them out. This is church, right? Verse 8, I love this. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. It was the division's turn. It was the division's turn to serve together. They were on duty. It was their time to move. It was their time to minister. Their time to be in the temple. Their time to serve, right, together. Zechariah is in this dark season. They're all in this dark season where God seems to be silent, but they're all ministering together in their church, in their division. He didn't bail. They didn't bail. Find a place to serve. You, you may notice this, but we got quite a few kids. Probably could use some help in that area, right? Find a place to serve and show up even when you don't feel like it. Especially when you don't feel like it because he's got a word for you on that day. Keep on serving in the community in the highs and the lows. Stay connected to people, right? Stay tethered in the darkness because when you're connected to someone, they can pull you through that darkness, by God's grace, by God's effort, right? And you can help pull them through. That's why it's important that you show up. You might be doing okay, but there might be somebody at church that needs you to speak into their lives. And not just in this place, right? But out there, especially out there. When God lays something on your heart or lays somebody on your heart to reach out to, reach out to them. Right? That's the Holy Spirit calling you to be a part of what he's doing. Number four, worship God in this season of silence. Before the angel arrived in the season of barrenness, in the season of silence, right? When that 400 years of silence was about to come, in, come to an end, where did God find Zechariah? Where did he find him? In worship. Right? Verse 10. And when the time came for the burning of incense, when the time came for worship, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. What's that next word? Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Zechariah and his division. Zechariah and his church, right? We're still worshiping God 400 years into the silence. He was stoking the fires of worship so that a fragrance could rise up to the throne room of God, right? In the wondering, he was worshiping. In the wondering, he was worshiping. His name, Zachariah, means the Lord remembers. Hear that today. If you're wondering, does the Lord remember? God does remember you. He has not forgotten about you. He knows what you're facing. He knows the pain that you feel. He knows that the grief that you're trying to bear, right? Lean on his promises that he gave you. The part I love about the story is, yeah, God remembers, but
But Zechariah also remembers about God. He didn't forget about God, even though the silence had happened, even though that's what he had experienced in his life. He still remembers God. He still turns to him. That same God is for you. Will you remember him today? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Malachi and Matthew, right? The God of a barren Elizabeth and Zechariah. The God of Mary and Joseph. The God of Paul. The God of the ages, right? He is your God, so worship him today. Amen? Even in the silence. Even in the darkness. But why should I worship him in the silence? Well, because then there's a song and the silence is broken. You can say, man, I just don't know where God is. I don't know what's going on. And I just, I don't know about all this. Or you can light a fire. You can worship God. You can lift your voice in faith and praise him and break that silence. Even in the dark, I know what he did for me. I know what he brought me out of. I know how he flipped my life upside down. I know how he brought me from a life of nothingness, a life of ignorance, and gave me purpose, and called me to be a part of what he's doing, called me to be a part of this great mission, gave me an amazing church family, right, to be on mission together. Even in the darkness, even in the silence, that never changes, right? He's called you to. He's already broken the silence. Number five, believe that what he said he will do, right? Listen to what God says in Malachi 3.1. It says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Who's that? That's John, right? And then at the end of Malachi 4, 5, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great day and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. God said, I'm going to send a messenger, right, to prepare the way. I will send somebody in the spirit of the prophet Elijah and on, before that painful day to turn the hearts of people, Right? If you turn the pages to the gospel, to the gospels, we see Gabriel showing up with that message, right? Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, that Gabriel, with a message to give to Zechariah, and he says this, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Can somebody hear that today? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He, will, he is to never take wine or any other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord. in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God does what he says. Malachi prophesied that 400 years before John would even show up, right? There was a plan in place. In the dark, you have a choice. Do I believe it? What God says do I believe in his promises? No, I can't see it. No, I can't explain it. No, sometimes I don't feel like it. I don't understand it. But I will believe it. I will live from it, right? Because he said it. Because his word proclaims it. I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to live my life according to that. Heck, I'm going to believe it's even going to be better than I can imagine, right? All Zachariah and Elizabeth wanted was a child. They got John. The one preparing the way for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He got to announce his coming. Right? The Messiah. You have a choice today. I'm not saying the darkness is not dark. I'm not saying the silence is not deafening. 
I'm not saying any of that. I'm not making light of that. I'm not saying it's easy in these seasons. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying any of that because I know I've been in those seasons and I know what that feels like. All I'm saying is that you have a choice whether to stand on God's promises or just distance yourself from him. What he said, he will do. Last thing. Can I encourage you to press into the silence? Don't try and figure it out, right? That's what I always spend my time on, trying to figure it out and fix it and and everything like that. Don't despise it. Don't run from it. Press into it with a renewed focus on him. A renewed focus to hear from him. Right? God, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, I just need to hear your voice. I just need... I just need to feel your presence. I need you, Lord. Right? That's what my prayer is. I, I need you to be real. I was talking to the teens today. I remember being a teen and not feeling like God was real. But he is. I'm listening, Lord. Here I am. And, and don't be like me early on. I'm listening, Lord. Here I am. Okay. And then I'm done and on my business. Will you spend some time listening? Will you spend some time listening? Right? Not just five minutes and then give up? Will you really wait to hear from the Lord as long as it takes? That's where we need to be, right? Remove all the distractions and the noises from your life and listen, not just for five minutes. I told you about the dark sky communities in the beginning, right? Do you know why they limit the light in those places? so that they can see the stars better. So that they can see the constellations and the planets. The darkest places are where the stars shine the brightest. We live in a rural area, and we know what that's like. You go into Chicago, where I used to live, half the time you can't even see the lights because of all the pollution and because of all the, all the, the light and everything like that. It's a distraction. But when it's totally dark, when God strips everything away, that's when we see the light. That's when we can see his amazing mercy, right? That's when we can see his faithfulness. That's when we can see him better, and it's incredible. Sometimes we're just down in the pit, but if we just look up to him, right, we'd see that incredible mercy. I want to call us to worship today. Praise team, if you'd come up. We're going to end in a song. And if you're in a dark season, I want to invite you to worship him. Even in this season that you're in, even in this time, right? Will you recognize that maybe God's removing all the distractions from your life so that you can focus in on him? The most painful seasons in my life were the times that I ended up with only him left. And I can praise God because it was only him that I could see. And he was faithful during those times. I want to call you to that today, no matter where you're at right now. Right? Let's not wait until he comes through. He will. He will. People are panicking and wondering what's going to happen and, and everything like that. He'll come through. He'll make a way. Right? He's faithful. Let's praise him before any of that happens. Let's praise him in the pain, the loss, the loss, the death, the hardship during these moments, right? Maybe you're surrounded by a situation that has rocked you. I'm calling you. Let's burn some incense to the throne room. Let's worship him. Let's raise a song. Even if all you have is a hallelujah to give, you've got nothing else. Let's offer it to him. Maybe you've wandered. Maybe you've rejected. Let's make this a time to come back. Let's make this a time to draw near to him, right? Maybe this song is about repentance. Maybe you just tuned him out. You're too busy. You got everything going on, right? Let's make this a time to silence everything and just worship him today.
There's power today in offering incense in the darkness, in the silence, right? There could be a thousand voices singing from the mountaintops. But I think heaven leans into that voice coming from the valley who's reaching out to him. Will you do that today? Would you stand with me? It may be dark, but God's brighter in the darkness. Amen? He was lining everything up during those 400 years, and you can bet, you can believe that he's working out everything for the good of those who love him. In those seasons of silence, in those seasons of darkness, turn to him, praise him, offer him that no matter what. Amen?
freedom on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy of me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the I can tell you, day after day, I see God's hand working in situations, and we were kidding about this today, Aaron and I, because I was talking to teens about something and just fit in with what she had prepared to tell them. Listen, there are no coincidences with God. So if this spoke to you today and hits you in a place that you're at, know that there is a God who cares about you. There's also a church that cares about you. And if you let us, we'll be your family. And if you have the courage to share what's going on in your life, uh, we can help you even more. Take us up on it, right? Listen, when you go from here and God lays somebody on your heart to reach out to, do it. And when God puts somebody in your path and a weird conversation starts and they're asking you about God, no, there's no coincidences. That's the Holy Spirit working. Father, we love you. We give you praise. It is an honor. It is an honor and a privilege to be known by you. It is an honor and privilege to be called by you. Father, I pray that we would embrace that call. I pray that we would see ourselves as we're leaving this place and still even while we're in this place, Lord, that we'd see ourselves on the mission field. Lord Daniel said, I'm just doing this. There is no just doing this, right? He's serving you by serving ice cream. Lord, given him an opportunity to be salt and light in that school system, given an opportunity to encourage some kid through what he's doing, Lord, show him the importance of it. There is no just doing something. We do it for your glory. And we ask you to give us opportunities. Lord, we love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.